How would you define God? Who is God? Who is He to you? If God is the one who smites you every time, is God the one who smites you every time you do something wrong? Is God the watchmaker God who set things in motion billions of years ago and just let it go from there? Is God a master? Or even worse, is God a tyrant? Maybe even more so, does God even exist? Now we need to have faith. They say Thomas Aquinas laid out five ways, uh, five proofs of God. One, the unmoved mover. Two, universal causality. Three, contingency. Four, degree. And five, final cause. Now we don't have time to go through all five of them, probably for your sake even more than mine. But for the first one, the unmoved mover. The unmoved mover goes something like this. We can observe that things change and move. And if we zero in on one thing, we can ask, well, if that thing's in motion, what set it in motion? Oh, what was this other thing that set in motion? Well, what set that in motion? And so on and so forth, we can go all the way back. There has to be an end point. There has to be something that moves something else, but itself is not moved. We call this the unmoved mover. We call this God. If we think critically and use reason, we can come to know that God exists just through natural means. However, the God we believe in as Christians is even so much more than that. God wants to be in relationship. Having grown up as Christians, we sometimes forget how radical this is. That the God of the universe wants a relationship with me. In the first week we have Moses on Mount Sinai talking and meeting with God. God passes before Moses. Moses falls to the ground, bows down, and worships God. Moses asks God to pardon their wickedness and sins and to receive them as God's own. God can do this because he is already a community of persons, a community of love. One could argue that relationships exist so that men can more effectively hunt for food, women can more efficiently take care of their children, and that relationships between men and women exist to continue the human race. I mean, I suppose this could all be true, but the real reason relationships are so important to us is because as Genesis tells us, we are made in the image and likeness of God. And if God is a community of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it makes sense that if we are made in the image and likeness of God, we too would seek out relationships. First John 4, 8 says that God is love. John isn't saying God is loving. God is loving. But God is loving only because He is love. This is the definition of God, of the God we believe in. God is love. We are saying that love isn't just an attribute of God, but that the, it is the very essence of God. Love has to have a giver, a receiver, and a transmission of that love. Jesus Christ has revealed to us that the one God, the one essence, the one being, is three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is first the giver, the Son is first the receiver. The Holy Spirit is the exchange of love between the Father and the Son. Hence why we say in the Creed, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Even before God created human beings, 
that could receive his love and love him back. Even before he created the universe, God was love. God was a community of persons, perfectly loving each other forever in the past, now and forever in the future. God doesn't need us to be love. He always has been, is, and will always be love. All authentic love we experience has God as its origin. This is why art, music, theater, TV shows, movies, 99% of the time focus on relationships. Love, relationships, isn't just one aspect of being a human. It is at the very core of who we are, since we are made in the image and likeness of God, who is a community of persons, who is a community of love. Have you ever met a great married couple where their love for each other colors everything they do? Where their love for each other makes them better friends to those around them? This is why God created the universe. This is why God created you and me. Authentic love is diffusive. I often picture a cup that is overflowing under the faucet. This is our deepest identity. We are beloved sons and daughters of God. This is the correct anthropology of humanity. We are not just another creature on planet Earth. No, we are radically different because we have the capacity to love. And we have this capacity because we have created the image and likeness of God. This identity is deeper than your career. This identity as a son or daughter of God is deeper than your grades. Way deeper than what you project on social media. What is the saying? Reputation is what others think of us. Character is what God knows of us. So God created the universe so that we would have a place to exist. We human beings have free will. Free will is necessary for authentic love. Love has to be freely chosen. Love requires the possibility of not being loved back. God created us with free will so that we could authentically love him back. This also means that we have the possibility of not loving him back. When we don't love God back, this is what we call sin. When we understand that our core identity is son or daughter of God, and that our purpose is to return love back to God for all eternity, we realize that this has huge implications for how we live our life. We quickly realize that if God is for us, then what can come across as rules to be obeyed are not that, but rather invitations to a great life full of authentic love. Things like even the obligation to go to Sunday Mass become invitations to spend time with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to participate and receive a portion of God Himself, especially in the Eucharist. Mass becomes an invitation to spend time in a meal with God. Suppose it's kind of like when mom and dad invite you to stop by home when you've been away at college for a while. When God, when the Catholic Church says that this is what holiness and virtue looks like, then we can receive it as suggestions from a loving Father who, always wa- who only wants what is best for us. They cease being just rules to follow, but a communication of love. God created us so that we can make sense of what He knows what is best for us. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We forfeit a lot of that likeness in the fall of Adam and Eve. We are constantly forfeiting that likeness even now whenever we sin. 
However, Jesus can restore that likeness whenever we go to confession. Jesus reminds us in the Gospel that He did not come to condemn the world, but that we might be saved, that we might not perish but have eternal life. God loves us and gave us a way to return to the likeness we had before the fall. This requires we believe in Jesus Christ and follow Him. God is love. God is a community of love, a community of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, this community of love, desires to share His love with us. Thus, our deepest identity is that of a beloved daughter or son of God. We don't have to do anything to deserve this. We just need to be baptized in the name of the Trinity, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Because God created us out of love, and because of love, we can trust that what He wants for us is what is best for us. God created us out of love, and for love, because He is love. Because He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a community of love. May we never forget this.